0: All right, good morning. Uh, like Josh said, thank you. Wasn't expecting the response back, but I appreciate it. You guys are a little more vocal than the well. I like it. Um, but uh, like Josh said, my name is Travis. I'm doing the church plant residency at the Well. Uh, he busted me out, so I just I guess I just got to own it. I am from California, so you can put the booze here now if you want. All right, as long as I'm not preaching, you can boo, okay. Um, and so uh, moved here, only been living in the area for about a year. Uh, we moved here knowing zero people in the city of Austin. Uh, about two months before um, we were making our way, we were planning, all that stuff, getting ready to move. About two months before, I met Tori through a random Instagram page that somebody from the well has. I reached out to that page, and he's like, I'm a Christian. I go to the well. We're looking for a church plant resident. And the rest is history. And so thank you guys for having me, um, and thank you for having my family. I'm here with my family. I think we have a picture of them as well. It's right over here. This is my wife, Excel, and she's right up here at the front row. Um, we have been married for be 12 years in April. Um, when you're Christian and... Uh, you dating somebody and you want to try to stay pure before the Lord, you get married early. And so uh, that's why we've been married for almost 12 years now. All right. I'm just going to keep it straight. We got together. She was 14 when we started uh, talking. And so we have been together for almost 17 years total, been together. And so grateful for her and just following me uh, through this process as I follow the Lord. Uh, We have three amazing kids. I have my uh, eldest son, in the Mexico jersey right there, his name's Zeke. Uh, Ezekiel is his name. Uh, loves soccer, loves playing, all about it. Uh, my daughter, Hadessa, she's my middle child. She's the one and only, she's the princesa. She, is, she runs the joint. Um, I actually had to make her go to the kids' church because she wanted to stay here because she gave me this necklace that she said I had to show you that says best friends and like she has the other half. Um, and so I was like, don't worry, I'll show them, okay? <laughs> but uh, you know what I'm saying, that ain't nothing. <laughs> Gotta super overcompensate for it now. Um, and then this is my youngest, my baby boy, Levi. He's uh, He'll be five next month, and he's just legit, like, he's just funny. It's not like, oh, he's funny for a kid, like, he's just a fun guy to have around. And so um, that's my family. Uh, I'll share probably a little bit more as we go through. But again, thank you all um, for having me. I was excited actually when Josh sent me the sermon doc that kind of went through like the series and even the specific passage that I would have because I'm actually preparing a mess or uh, not a message, a uh, class about prayer that we're going to be offering at the well in, um, in April. And then also me and another staff member at the well are trying to memorize the book of Ephesians. Um, and so although I am not that far in memorizing the book of Ephesians, it seemed like it played out between prayer and Ephesians. And so y'all have been going through prayer um, you have been uh, talking about how prayer unites our hearts with God and invites us in to pray in all seasons of our life, examining prayer. In, examining prayer with Paul in different seasons. There is a definition that I know that you guys have been using um, about prayer, uh, and I think we're going to throw it up there. If not, does everybody remember it? It is intentional communication with God. And so that's how we are defining prayer today. That's how y'all have been defining prayer throughout this series, intentional communication with God. And so our topic for today in talking about prayer, talking about communicating, intentionally communicating with God, is we're actually going to be talking about praying for wisdom. And so I feel like this is something that we've all prayed for. We've all prayed about, like, God show me what to do in the situation. Give me understanding, give me knowledge, give me wisdom. And, and in life, there are these large circumstances where it's like, God, I need wisdom on what to do. Like for me, it was coming to Austin to plant a church from the Bay Area. And now that I'm here, it's like, Lord, where in Austin would you have me plant? So like there's this huge circumstance, if you will, in my life where I'm praying, God, give me your wisdom in this situation. But then there, there's those everyday you know, type of daily grind things that we're just constantly asking for God's guidance, his wisdom. And so for me, for that constantly, it's with my three angels that I showed up here because one, kids be wiling out, right? Like I just, Lord, give me wisdom. I'm finna go to jail. Like, come on, Lord, help me here. I was talking to Josh on the phone this week and he was like, hey, bro, I may have to go in a minute because I'm have to give some Old Testament justice on his eldest son. And so I'm like, bro, I get it. I get it. All right um and so with kids it's like lord give me wisdom on how to handle the, how to handle them how to handle this and especially as they're getting older my son's nine i'm like he's halfway to an adult like within 10 years, I could be a grandpa potentially. Like if he followed my path of getting married young, I'm like, oh my gosh, no. Like, And so I'm praying, God, what, is wisdom, what does it look like to disciple him, to grow him, to be a man of God? And so we have these larger instances in our life where we're praying, God, give me wisdom, give me direction. And then there's those everyday situations at work or at home or with friends and everything. Where we're like, God, I need your direction. And so Paul here in our text that we're about to read um, is praying for these saints who are in Ephesus. So Ephesus is a city, and so he's praying for these Ephesian believers, and he's praying for them to have wisdom and understanding of something specific. And I think if we would attain um, and remember this wisdom, will actually give us better clarity in our lives. And so if you have your Bibles, if not, I think we'll have it up here. We're going to be reading in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. So let me grab that real quick. Ephesians chapter 1, we'll pick up in verse 15. It says this. We're gonna read it all and then we'll go through kind of verse by verse and, and break it down a little bit more. He says, This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Father, or the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength. He exercised this power in Christ by raising him from the dead and seating him at the right hand in the heavens far above every ruler and authority, power, and dominion, every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he subjected everything under his feet and appointed him as head over everything for the church, which is the body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. I'm just going to go ahead and pray. Father, thank you so much for our time. Thank you so much for the opportunity just to come and to worship you. Worship you through singing, worship you through hearing, through proclaiming your word, God. I just ask that you would help me. I pray that everything that I say, think, do would just bring you glory today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So let's go let's jump back in verse 15, okay? We're going to break down and then we'll get to some points here. It says, "This is why He starts off, this is why. And so he's connecting a little bit about what he just said in verses 3 through 14 about these incomparable blessings that we are predestined, we're adopted, we're chosen. And then now he's going to look forward. He says, this is why, since I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. So Paul heard about two things about this church, their love or their faith in the Lord and their love for the saints, like, that's two good things that to be known for, right? As a church, as Refuge Church, if you could be known for faith in the Lord and loving other people, I'm sure we would all be like, yes, please. But but notice what he does in verse 16. He says, I never stop giving thanks for you. He doesn't give thanks to him. He's not like, oh, thank you guys for your faithfulness in the Lord. Oh, thank you guys for showing love. But he actually gives thanks for that because he understands that their faith and their love is actually not from themselves but it's a gift from God. Ephesians 2:8 says this, for you are saved by grace through faith and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift, it is God's gift. And so their faith is a gift from God. The love, we know, is a fruit of the Spirit. It is produced by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 6 would tell us that even love itself is a gift from God. And so Paul is saying, I give thanks to God for you. It's all about his glory. And So he says in verse 16, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. Now, he doesn't, I don't think he's praying like 24-7, like I never stop praying, but I think every time he prays, he's remembering to pray for them. And so although this church in Ephesus seems like, man, they're doing some good things. He's heard about their faith. He's heard about their love. He still wants to pray for them. And his prayer is that they would not grow content with where they are, but they would actually desire for Christ to do an even greater work in their body. Oftentimes, we can just pray when Things are bad. Oh, well, we got to pray for this. man, we need to pray for this church. We need to pray for these believers. They're doing this. They're doing that. But he's saying, man, y'all are doing really great, and I still want to pray for you. And so what is it that he wants to pray? This isn't a rebuke. So I believe that this can actually be applied to us as well. So let's read in verse 17 what he prays for. He says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. So who's he praying to? We know who he's praying to. He's praying to God our Lord Jesus Christ. He was preaching into Ephesus to these Ephesian believers who in the middle of this, there was a ton of pagan other gods. They came from a pagan background. They believed and worshipped all kinds of other deities. And so he is identifying who he's praying to. He's identifying the true God. This is important as we get on about wisdom. But it, then he gives God another title. He gives the Father another title. He gives, says, Glorious Father. And we see the the glory of God throughout all of this first part of Ephesians. Let's look a little bit at the part that we didn't read in Ephesians chapter 1. I think we have a few different verses here, Ephesians 1, 5 through 6, um, that will be coming up there, I think. But Ephesians 1, 5 through 6 says, He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of his glorious grace verse 11 through 12 we see that he predestined us for per- the purpose of his will what to bring praise to his glory verse 14 we see that we are the redemption of the of the possession that he redeemed us for the praise of his his glory. He is the glorious Father. And so what he is communicating throughout Ephesians chapter 1 is keep your eyes on him. Do you see it? And this is the greatest wisdom that we can have is having our eyes focused on the glory, the wealth, the majesty, the beauty of God. And so what does he pray to the God, our glorious Father, about? He prays, verse 17, he says that he would give you the spirit of wisdom and knowledge, and revelation he is praying to these solid good believers that they would have a deeper understanding of who God is that the holy spirit would give them a more fuller experience and understanding of God in spiritual wisdom he says that he would give them spirit of wisdom and of revelation in what the knowledge of him more understanding of what of him is what paul is praying for a deeper knowledge that doesn't just puff up and get us all a bunch of theological nerds, but an actual understanding of God that seeks to apply what we have, what we know about him. D.A. Carson is a kind of modern-day theologian, author-type dude. He says this. He said, The one thing we need in Western Christendom is a deeper knowledge of God. We need to know God better. So in the midst of all of their faith, all of their love, Paul's saying, yes, but know God more. Know God better. Even Tim Keller in a book, I didn't, we don't have this one, but I threw this in last minute. He says, the clearer our understanding of who God is, the better our prayers. Because the more that we communicate with somebody, the more knowledge we have of somebody, the better communication and intimacy is with that person. Think about for a minute who you are closest with. For me, of course, it is my wife, Excel. I know more about her than anybody. I I even argue that I know more about her than herself. We were actually just having this conversation in the car on the way home. And so I feel like I know more about her than her. Now, I don't always apply that knowledge all the way um, perfectly at times. And so sometimes I have the knowledge, like I know how I should respond to her. I know how her mind ticks. I know the sensitivity of her heart. Yet sometimes I don't actually apply that knowledge. And so what scripture would command us is that we would actually have a knowledge, a wisdom that leads to action. That leads to action. John 17 3 says this about knowing Christ. This is eternal life. That they may know you. Like that's eternal life is knowing him, the only true God, the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. And so Paul is praying for them to grow, become wise in their knowledge and their understanding of God. But it goes beyond just knowing God, but actually making him known. Like I think about what you guys are doing here with what Josh just mentioned and what he talked about over the phone with recovery ministry and family support care ministry and all of that. All of that comes because of your understanding of who God is and the love that God has. If Josh was up here every day, Just every Sunday, being funny, talking about Arsenal, doing his thing. Like, there would be no drive for the mission. But because he comes up here and is faithfully proclaiming who God is, faithfully proclaiming the gospel, we're like, okay, well, we can't just sit here, but it's leading to action. And so our wisdom of God, our knowledge of God, isn't for puffed-up, big-brain, theological brains, but it's actually to lead us to apply that wisdom. So, how do we know if we know God? 1 John 2 3 actually tells us. Look at what it says here. This is how we know that we know Him. Pretty, pretty plain and simple. Okay, how do we know that we know Him? If we keep His commandments. I ain't getting no weird, like legalistic, like you gotta do this, you gotta do that type thing, but it is the external evidence of the information, of the knowledge that we have about our God, right? Let's continue on, verse 18. So he's praying for wisdom and the knowledge. So he's not just praying for wisdom that they know how to do calculus and know how to whatever, know what crypto is gonna go up and all that. He's not praying for that kind of wisdom. He's praying that they would grow in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, he says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling What is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? So he's praying that God would do something and that we would know something. And there's three things he prays that we would know, that these Ephesian believers would know. And number one is they they would know what is the hope of his calling. What is the hope of his calling? I believe that this hope is both a present hope and a future hope, and so we're going to kind of look at those. I believe his calling unto salvation gives us hope in the current present troubles and difficulties that we face. I'm sure just thinking through over the last few years, maybe the last year, you've faced, feel like, man, we faced a lot of difficulty in life. Maybe you were part of the original launch team who, who started Refuge in the middle of COVID, like, and you're like, bro, we've been through some tough times, Maybe you're like, I don't even got to think that far back. Like just yesterday, it was tough. Or maybe this morning, it was tough. Like, like we have these struggles in life that we go through, these tough times. And I can relate over the last 15 months for me, like I lost outside of those people in that picture, I lost one of the top three people who was closest to me in life. He was only 49 years old, passed away unexpected, my pastor, right before I moved here. Since being at the well, we've had five staff members transition, three of them not the greatest circumstance. Over the last month, our van just started leaking gasoline. Like, I don't know a lot about cars, but I think the gas to stay inside the car. Like, it can explode if not. And then family gets rear-ended right after we just pay to get the van fixed, too. And so, like, all of these things, these these struggles in life happen, and so we can feel like Or what the heck? Like, we we can feel hopeless. Like, we, we think about what just happened in Memphis, and we can see all of the wreckage, all of the hurt, all of the brokenness in the world, and it can actually lead us to not having hope, to being hopeless when we see everything around us. And so we laugh at the promises of God, like Sarah. Or we're pessimistic, like Thomas, towards the miracle that God is wanting to do in our life. But as believers, Paul is wanting us to know what the hope in which he has called us to that is present today in Christ Jesus. Romans 15, 13 says this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. And the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you believe so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hopelessness is foolishness for a believer. Hopelessness is foolishness for a believer. And wisdom overflows with hope. As believers, if we are wise, if we know who our God is, hope should be overflowing because of the filling of the Holy Spirit. And so I wanna encourage you today. This has actually been one of my prayers throughout all of this week. I've been praying the exact prayer that Paul was praying for, the, for this church. I've been praying over you that you would know what is the hope of his calling, that when life gets tough and struggles happen and you wanna quit and you wanna stop, that you would understand that there is a present hopes, hope that Christ came to give you and may that overflow in your life. But not only is there a present hope, But there is a future hope. We can look to eternity that one day we will be free completely of poverty, of abuse, of war, of struggle. We can look to that future. It doesn't mean just because we can look to the future that we're going to heal quickly here on earth. But it means that we can look for the day when Christ will make all things new. Hold on to that wisdom. And that wisdom, that godly wisdom of hope doesn't blind us from the realities that we're in. Oftentimes in Christian world, like going back to Josh talking about like Christianese and like Christian words that people be using, like like we can blind ourselves from the realities that we're facing. Like you ever meet those people, like maybe during greeting time or whatever, you're catching up with somebody like, hey bro, how's it going? My life is good, man. Everything's great. And like houses on fire behind them, like Wife's packing up the car. Kids are running with scissors. Like, bro, everything is fantastic in my life. Like, no, it's not. But, but as Christians, we feel like we have to have this, this cheesy, corny, over, like, optimism in life. But the reality of Scripture is, yeah, it, life sucks sometimes. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And that's how we should live. That's the type of wisdom that we should live with as believers in Christ Titus 2.13 says this, While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I wanted to tie this in with hope and glory. We're looking at the glory of God that brings about hope. And so Paul is praying that they would know the calling of the hope that they have received so number one, what is the hope of his calling? And then he prays another thing. I want, I want y'all to know what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance of, in the saints. And so it's, we're talking about his inheritance, not ours. Notice it was his calling, not our calling. It's his inheritance, not ours because we're growing in our knowledge of who? God. So what is his inheritance? What are we supposed to know about his inheritance? I believe all of Scripture gives us some context of what is the glorious inheritance of the Lord. I didn't give um, them these verses. I'm just going to read a few off for you real quick. But Deuteronomy 9 says this. But they are your people, your inheritance. He's talking about the redeemed people of God is his inheritance. 1 Kings 5:8, For they your people and your inheritance. 2 Kings 21, God talking about bringing judgment on his own inheritance. Isaiah 47, he says, I was angry with my people. I profaned my possession. His glorious inheritance is us. It's us. We are the redeemed people that's spoken about in verse 7 and in verse 14. And so this wisdom tells us then that we belong to the king. This word for wealth is actually used to describe the wealth of a king. And so the value and treasure that a king would have on this earth is the same value and treasure that Christ feels when he looks at you and me. God values and treasures you as an earthly king values and treasures silver and gold. God values his people as his wealth and honor. And this ain't no prosperity garbage either, like life's all about you, like all this kind of stuff, but it's the truth. And the truth leads to wisdom. And so, if Paul is praying that you would know the, his inglorious inheritance, that you would know your wealth, some of the greatest wisdom that I can impart to you today is that God loves you and values you so much. How does knowing this shape the way that I live? I want you to ask yourself that question. Maybe if you're taking notes, you can write that down. Maybe in your small groups this week or something like that. How does knowing your value in God shape the way that you live? How should it shape the way that we live? So we want you to know what is the hope of the calling? What is his glorious inheritance? And number three, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power? The wisdom that we need, the wisdom that Paul was praying for them, was to know his glorious, his immeasurable greatness and power. So he wants them to know about his hope. He wants them to know about their inheritance. But he wants them to know just how powerful he is. The greatness, the power, the strength, the fourth. This is the third request that he prays here. And it kind of leads into more of a climactic one. These last three verses are going to go into more detail. Again, these Ephesian believers had a lot of background with other gods, with magic, with cults, astrology. So their lives were filled with a spiritual dark past. And so Paul is emphasizing here the power of Christ. He doesn't just have a plan for a future hope, but he actually has the power to deliver that hope. So no matter what we're going through, he is stronger than that. Romans eight eleven says, the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of us. Verse 20, he goes into that power. He says, he exercised this power in Christ by raising him from the dead and seating him at the right hand in the heavens. Far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he subjected everything under his feet and appointed him head over everything for the church. He's describing his power. Verse 23, for which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills things in every way. Where do we see the greatest example of the power of God? To where we have the power to overcome sin, we have the power to overcome death, is through his resurrection, ascension, his dominion. This wisdom is made possible through the gospel, through the cross, we have a present and future hope. Jesus dying on that cross felt abandoned and hopeless as he cried out, Abba, Father, why have you forsaken me? And he felt that hopelessness so that we can live today with the hope that we can look forward to the future hope that we can have. Christ dying on the cross, seeing the value for the joy set before him, And the love that he has towards you humbled himself, left his earthly, his heavenly inheritance, his heavenly riches to come here to gain you and I, to defeat death for us, that he might have his greater inheritance in us. Through the cross, we see Jesus lay aside his earthly power to flex his mighty strength over sin and death. So what stops us from having this wisdom? I hope coming into this, I don't know if you guys knew topic or anything like that, like what what it was. But I was like, man, going in, preaching about wisdom. I I don't know if people are like expecting like, hey, here's one, two, three list of rules of like, You know, here's how to make a good decision in life. Like, here's what you need to do. But I'm here just to pray, just to proclaim over you the same thing that Paul did over that church. That the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that you would know what is the hope, that you would know what is his glorious inheritance, and you would understand the immeasurable power, measurable amount of power that he grants to us as believers. I feel like a few things stop me from believing this or from living this out sometimes. One of those is it seems too simple. Like, okay, so know the gospel. So if I'm going to walk in wisdom, if I'm going to walk in spiritual wisdom, you're telling me just to know God and to under- know the gospel? Yes. Because the more we know it, the more it ap- we apply it, going back to what we talked about early, earlier, and the more it oozes out of our life. And so for me, sometimes it just feels too simple. Sometimes we complicate things too much. Like, God, what do I do here? What do I do here? Man, do you know that he loves you? Do you understand that you're valued? Do you understand the power that's in you? Like, be led by his spirit. Something else that stops me is, to be honest, I don't ask. I don't don't ask sometimes. God, help me to know you more. I'll ask God, can you do this? God, can you do this? God, can you give me wisdom about a situation? But oftentimes I'm not praying, God, would you show, Would you help me to know you more? And that's what Paul is praying here. Paul is praying that they would know him more. And so we need to pray that prayer as well. And so I just want to kind of, wrap up a little bit. I know Josh has been trying to keep it about 30 minutes, so I was trying to keep it a little shorter today, too. Some people are shaking heads like, heck no, that ain't happened. 2024, that's the goal. Um, <laughs> you gotta, that's what you got to do. You got to make it down a minute. Okay, 42, then the next one, 41, then 40, then, then, then on down. So I try to keep it a little bit shorter, but Paul's prayer for them, which has been my prayer for you, is that you would have a firmer sense of their, of your future hope, that he has called that you, sorry, mixing up, into a relationship with him, that this would be your hope. That you would have a firmer sense of the hope of God in your life. That in the midst of all the chaos, you wouldn't give up. You would continue to fight. That you would have more un- of an understanding of how valuable you are to God and how much he loves you. And that you would have a greater understanding and conviction of the magnitude of the power of God and of the gospel. To pray for wisdom. Is to pray that to know God more. It's to pray to know God more. And so uh, I would love just to pray that over you as we get ready to enter back into worship. I think the fan just kicked on. Praise God. It is hot up here. <laughs> Father. Glorious Father. Would you give us spiritual wisdom and revelation? And the knowledge of you. God, would you help us to grow in our understanding of who you are, how you work. Your word says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. God, we can't even begin to have wisdom in this world without having an understanding of who you are. I pray that as we learn more about you, as we begin to grasp more and more about you, not that you're a topic to be studied or or something like that, but as we just relationally, intentionally communicate with you through your word and through prayer, God, that we would know even more than we do now about the hope that we have on this earth. That when we look around us and see things like what happened in Memphis and see situations in our life that we would not be hopeless, but we would respond in hope because through the power of your Holy Spirit, we are overflowing in hope as believers. And so I pray for those in here who just need to grab on, just need to be reminded of their understanding of your hope. God, I pray for those in here, myself included, just sometimes forget our worth in you and can lead us to making bad decisions. I can forget that the price that you paid for us was not in vain, but you did it because we are your glorious inheritance, that you treasure us as your people, far above silver and gold. And so Holy Spirit, Spirit of of wisdom, would you give spiritual wisdom to those in here who just need to be reminded of, of their value and their worth in you and god for those of us in here who even struggle even comprehending your immeasurable power sometimes we act out in unfaith we don't walk in the faith we should because we don't fully understand even your power or we forget the power that you have We forget that the same power that raised christ from the dead is the same power that lives inside of us the same spirit that lives inside of us so god would we not walk our life would we not make decisions timid and fearful of the outcome but in faith believing and knowing that not only are you willing but you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think jesus i thank you for being our example that through your sacrifice through your humbling of coming down to the earth of making yourself known here we have hope we have our value is evident and that same power is living inside of us holy spirit would you remind us of that in our prayers to pray for more knowledge of you more understanding of you. God, we love you so much. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you for your goodness. Through your son's name we pray. Amen.